You're listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned to hear the rest of your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome to Dirt Radio. This is Phil here, um, joining you from the 3CR studios from NAM, also known as Melbourne. We're coming at you from stolen lands uh, of the Kulin Nation, so sovereignty was never ceded on these lands, and 3CR uh, extends its uh, acknowledgement and well wishes to all elders, past and present. I'm your host, Phil Evans, and today we're going to have a bit of a uh, chat about climate change in a little bit. But first, I wanted to remind our listeners that uh, Walk This Way is coming up in just over a month's time. So it's an opportunity for people to go and walk the 15 kilometres of the city trail um, out through uh, some areas where there's some great bike tracks and, uh, and different alternative uh, transport options to really raise the awareness of uh, sustainable cities, which is a new campaign running out of Friends of the Earth, looking at climate change through the lens of transport and the way that we live within our cities. Um, so if you haven't already signed up, then jump on to walkthisway.org.au or you can uh, um, check it out on Facebook. There's a really cool video. Um, it's got lots of um, really cool music in it by Run DMC and Aerosmith. So if you um, jump on and check that out, if you have already signed up, then make sure that you are seeking donations as well because it is a fundraiser. So the idea is you get sponsored to walk the 15 kilometres to Friends of the Earth as we build community along the way and really raise awareness about climate change issues. Coming up as well, um, people know that um, in a couple of days there'll be a test within um, the High Court to see whether the government is able to appropriate funds to uh, to to fund its uh, same-sex marriage market research program, call it what it is, uh, mailing out to people to ask them whether they support um, changes in the Marriage Act to allow um, same-sex marriage to happen um, for marriage equality. Um, that's coming up really soon. Last week, or two weeks ago on the show, I read out Friends of the Earth have a statement um, they've put out um, against the uh, government's uh, mail-out marketing survey operation. I don't remember what I was calling it then. Um, so you can check that out on melbourne.fo.org.au. Um, scroll down a couple of uh, blog posts and you'll see the statement there. Um, also, if people are interested in getting involved in a creative campaign, um, which is um, really about using nonviolent techniques and um, creativity to uh, show support for LGBTIQA plus people, um, then you can check out Rainbow Revolt, which is an amazing page on Facebook um, and also a really cool hashtag to check out. That's Rainbow Revolt, hashtag Rainbow Revolt. 
Coming up just after this community service announcement, we're going to be joined in the studio by a couple of members of the Act on Climate Vic campaign, um, which is run out of Friends of the Earth Melbourne. And we're going to be talking about climate change, climate changed, and how people can get involved in a campaign to get Victoria's first climate-based budget. The Independent and Peaceful Australia Network presents War, Peace and Independence. Keep Australia out of US wars. Amidst an escalating threat of another major war breaking out, this timely conference will be held in Melbourne from the 8th to the 10th of September. The conference will address the struggle against US bases, drone warfare, peace as union business, US political and military influence and much more. For details and bookings, head to ipan.org.au or go to the Independent and Peaceful Australia Network's Facebook page, a 3CR supporter. In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. You can get your copy of 3CR's book for $49.50 at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street Fitzroy or online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Get a piece of your own history. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. Well, that was a pretty exciting little community service announcement. Certainly got me moving on a Tuesday morning, suffering a little bit from a bit of the lurgy going around at the moment. Joining us in the studio today is Lee and Lara. They're both from the Act on Climate Vic Collective um, of the campaign, which is run out of Friends of the Earth Melbourne, here to have a bit of a chat about climate change and ways that people can get involved in a dynamic new campaign to uh, really act local as we think about this global scary, scary issue. Morning, Lee. Morning, Lara. G'day, Phil. Morning. So, Lee, I thought we'd start off by um, just giving a little bit of background on climate change. Um, A lot of people still kind of conceive climate change as this scary future looming event. But in reality, climate has really changed and we're really already starting to see some of the effects of it. And I know that the Act on Climate Collective have been out in regional areas having conversations uh, with people about this very issue. And... What sort of things are people talking about out there in the regions? Yeah, that's right. It's a really good question. Um, So what we're trying to do with Act on Climate is put community at the heart of climate change policy and to tap into the the wealth of local knowledge around the issue. And, you know, while we we often hear the the macro level science that, you know, the, the ice caps are melting and the glaciers are melting, so on and so forth, out in community we have these really incredible um, stories emerging. Mm. Um, Only a few months ago, I was talking to a farmer out in Stall, um, out in the the kind of northern Grampians area of Victoria. Um, He's lived on the land for 70 years, and he he told me that the seasons are changing. So that's the language of the people out in the regions. The seasons are changing, and they, they believe that it's climate change that is causing that. And um, 
just to drill down a little bit more, you know, a lot of this country is, um, you know, it, it was too kind of boggy for, for farm equipment and tractors. So, you know, it was, it was sheep and, and cattle grazing country. But, you know, what this um, particular farmer has observed over the time he's lived on the land is that dry land cropping has actually crept south about 70 kilometres. Mm. So we, we already are living through um, a period of climate change. And, you know, unless we take steps to rein in emissions dramatically, there's more to come. Sure, but uh, beyond even just uh, the uh, agricultural effects, I know that there's a big fear. Um, we're coming out of the winter season, and um, there's a big fear around bushfires as well. Are people talking about that and the threat that climate change is talking about with that? Yes, they are. Um, and what we've seen um, just earlier this week, we've had a University of Melbourne academic, Andrew King, um, the Bureau of Meteorology have just reported that Australia has um, experienced its, its hottest and driest ever winter mm. on record. So we are starting to see the impacts. And one of the things that, that Andrew King points out is that the warm and dry winter, it's laying the groundwork for dangerous fire conditions in spring and summer. Um, I know that the Vic Emergency um, Group... Um, Commissioner Craig Lapsley and also the Department of Environment, they are, they've expedited their bushfire um, preparedness strategies by, I think, a period of six weeks. So they are expecting, um, you know, a, a greater risk of bushfire occurring. And, you know, once again, just taking it back down to the local level, um, earlier this year when we were having some community conversations about climate change in Woodend, we met this this young mum up in the Macedon Ranges, and she was telling us that the bushfire index um, gets so high in summer that school is cancelled at least on average um, one day a week. I can see some uh, students raising their fists in the air in excitement about that. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> on one hand, you know, it might be it might be nice and fun to have a day off school, but you know. These are the real implications of climate change on people's lives. Um, you know, what, what do they do moving, moving ahead into the future? Do they close the school? Do they relocate it? Do they, just, mm. do they implement homeschooling? Like the impacts of climate change are now impacting even education out in the, in the Macedon Ranges because of the, the greater um, level of bushfire risk. Sure. And I just kind of wanted to touch back on that idea that it was the hottest winter on record in Australia in terms of daytime temperatures. When people talk about climate change, often there's a slippage between talking about the weather and talking about climate. Can you kind of like uh, just maybe like talk us through the difference between me talking about the fact that I'm still wearing a huge coat and a, and a scarf this morning compared to it being the hottest winter on record. Mm, okay, I'll do, I'll do my best. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> I'm a, I am a community campaigner. So um, I do rely on people like, um, you know, David Caroli and Dr. Penny Wetton mm. um, and Andrew King from the University of Melbourne. Um, so, yeah, a, a, an article that, um, that Andrew King had up earlier this week um, he was saying that, you know, Australia's winter had had the highest average daytime temperatures on record um, and the extreme is 60 times more likely to have occurred due to the influence of greenhouse gases. 
Um, so, you know, what we're talking, you know, it is it is starting to get a little bit abstract. Um, but with with the weather events, um, you know, what what we're talking about with the warming of the global temperature, the climate, it leads to this destabilization of weather. So we do see these more dramatic ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. And in the, in a recent article in the conversation, um, Andrew King is talking about, you know, in this in this hotter winter, we have seen hotter daytime temperatures, but we've also seen hotter, I mean, cooler nighttime temperatures. Mm. So it is really, if you can imagine, you know, like a, a I don't, I don't even know how to put it. Uh, you kind of we're starting to get the speed wobbles, you know, mm. um, and at the moment there is that cool air coming up from the Arctic, and that's because the the jet stream, the polar jet stream, is starting to destabilize, and it's allowing for cooler air to kind of inject itself further north. Yeah, I can't wait to see uh, Andrew Bolt uh, cherry pick that data and uh, and <laughs> present it in a way that uh, that suits the political agenda of the of the IPA and his comrades over there. Um, taking it back to a more positive place because I don't want to get bogged down in the science. We'll save that for another episode when we talk to scientists. As you're right, um, I wanted to talk about the Act on Climate um, Collective, and in the studio as well was um, Lara, as we mentioned before. Um, Lara, how did you get involved in Act on Climate or climate justice activism more widely? Well, it was kind of a long journey in a way. I meandered through a few groups and I'm at active, uh, sorry, I'm at, at Act on Climate at the moment, but I sort of started with some campus activism at Melbourne Uni and mm-hmm. involved in the Enviro Collective there and uh, fossil-free divestment campaigns. And then I sort of realised that maybe I need a bit more knowledge about some more uh, political campaigning um, on a on a larger scale, but still I, I really value the emphasis on community. And so the Act on Climate is for me this really great combination of speaking to community members and learning from what they have to say, but then taking it to a, a higher state political level and how, how we can combine those two in a kind of a political way. So I guess that's, that's why I'm involved. Um, and then my journey with that is just kind of meandering through a few different um, activist groups to to get here. Sure, because there's a lot of people working on issues around climate change um, from different perspectives. Um, I wonder, um, we were talking just before in the studio and I found out that you grew up in Yass in New South Wales. Um, is the focus on looking at how it's affecting regional communities of interest to you or a personal part of that? Definitely. I mean, I have just moved to the city really. And I noticed that a lot of activism focuses on cities Mm. and engaging people in the cities. And I think that while that's valuable, I think it misses a whole other picture. And I mean, definitely like my experience growing up in, on kind of in a rural property, um, just learning about how, you know, we were talking about hot summers before. I mean, I've definitely experienced that and it makes me terrified to think about how we could, um, you know, in my lifetime, I could probably not be able to live on my property in the summer because it's just going to be too hot um and so definitely hearing those stories and and also having grown up in rural areas I feel a definite lack of mobilization around climate issues in the rural regions I mean it's never something that got taught sorry it's never something that got talked about in Yass in you know my primary school I think I made one speech on climate change and I remember that kind of being a big thing I was like oh the person is talking <laughs> about climate change what um it's almost a bidden word these days isn't it oh definitely and especially you know in slightly more conservative 
areas of regional Australia. Um, so yeah, it's it's a very important uh, emotional driver, I think. Sure. A lot of people at home um, hear us talk about um, collective and collective action a lot on the Dirt Radio show as we venture through the different campaigns that are happening at Friends of the Earth. I was wondering if you could describe for listeners at home what is, what is the collective like? What sort of things do you do? Um, what is it like to be part of a collective? Um, well, it's great in one <laughs> word. Um, no, but I, I, I guess a collective is a it's a feeling of kind of working together. Like we have weekly meetings and at those meetings we discuss um, what Lee might give us an update on some policy that's been happening or that he's mm. been dealing with. And then we might um, brainstorm some ideas of how can we utilize that kind of policy um, to maybe talk to more people or mobilize more people. Um, and it's kind of utilizing a bit of a hive mind in, in the way I, I feel it. Like each person has an idea of how they can go forward. Forward and then in mm. a meeting you can chat about how we can how we can put that to action in in everyone has a different perspective on that and so I mean I guess a collective meeting is is that sort of process and then throughout the week you might um, work on specific actions like if I if I want to um, mobilize more people that there might be a few actions that I can do for that during the week and then if I need some help I could like ask Lee or some other member of the collective who might be living in the uh, the region that we're kind of working with um, and we can come together and sort of pull resources in that way. Sure so it sounds like a real collaborative process I like the hive mind idea um, I like to call it uh, drawing out the collective intelligence. <laughs> yeah definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so within that um, idea of the collective structure, how do you make decisions about what you want to do to move forward? Because it sounds like they're very um, action-orientated meetings about getting things done rather than just talking about issues. How do you decide what to do? Is there a process for that? Um, well, I guess kind of in the in the short and the long term, the two, <laughs> two different processes in a way. Um, but with the short term, I guess it might be if someone has a great idea, then you discuss it and see if there are uh different points of view you know someone might disagree with that um, and then it's a process of working out what what's the disagreement and how is there a way we can mediate through that I mean I guess a lot of it is in a way um, consensus based of um, everyone should give their active mm. their active voice to what's happening on a project and um, I feel like it's a good way of going forward yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, consensus decision making is a big part of um, of Friends of the Earth and the way that um, we do things a bit differently to to other organisations. So um, it's good to hear kind of how that works on the more micro level because um, hopefully, um, and we'll talk about a little bit um, ways that people can get involved in the campaign in a bit. But I just wanted to ask um, Lee again to go back to kind of the more policy side of things. Um there's been a lot of action within the state government, um, notably just a couple of days ago, actually, we celebrated the first anniversary of the uh, state government's legislative... I'm not really having much trouble talking. The legislated ban against fracking and unconventional gas mining in Australia. Hooray! Still love talking about that one. Um, and also the um, five-year moratorium on onshore conventional gas mining techniques. Um but there are other things happening in the state government in terms of uh, movement forward on climate. I wanted to talk about that and then maybe a little bit about some of the things that we're still working on as we go forward. So what is happening, Lee? What is happening? Well, you know, I think when the historians look back um, over, over, over um, climate action in Victoria, 2017 will be a standout year. So um, I, think, I think it was the first um, sitting week of parliament this year 
Act on Climate collective members were out on the steps of the, the state parliament. We were flyering um, MPs, staff and the press gallery. And we were saying that in 2017, state MPs will have three key pieces of climate legislation to vote on. Um, um, amendments to strengthen the State Climate Change Act to bring it into alignment with the Paris Agreement, um, the legislation for a permanent ban on fracking, and lastly, legislation to enshrine in law Victoria's renewable energy targets. So we've obviously seen um, in February the Climate Act strengthened, so we've ticked that one off. We've seen the ban on fracking legislated, we've ticked that one off. And we're on the cusp of um, seeing the Victorian renewable energy target going into the parliament, um, being debated and voted on by MPs. And to kick off the, the process, two weeks ago, we saw Premier Daniel Andrews and Energy Minister Lily D'Ambrosio um, announce the largest ever reverse auction for renewable energy in Yay! Australia. I wish so, I had a little like a applause meter thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that'll actually that will bring um, more renewable energy online than the entire ACT, which is one hundred percent renewable. That's huge. So, in one Woo! auction, um, where we're going, um, you know, we're stepping it up, um, you know, it, to to maximum speed in terms of deploying renewables. Um, so the debate on that will be commencing in about a fortnight time. Um, yes to Renewables, which is a sister campaign of Act, Act on Climate, um, will be taking a series of actions. So, yeah, I encourage listeners to keep your eyes peeled. Um, check out the website, yes2renewables.org, and that's the digit two, um, to, to look for ways that you can get involved. And obviously... Keeping up to date with us on Twitter and Facebook is another way for for making sure you're part of the part of the success. Sure, and you can always remember you can jump onto the Friends of the Earth uh, Melbourne Facebook page, which uh, you can find all these details about Act on Climate, Yes to Renewables, Quit Coal, River Country, all the campaigns that are going on. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, some of the, the, the places where maybe um, you think that Act on Climate are going. I know that at the moment you've got to push for um, Victoria's first climate budget. Mm. What does that mean? That's a really good question, Phil. Um, so <clears throat> what we've seen, we've seen um, the Daniel Andrews government show leadership in terms of legislation around key, the key pillars of climate action. Um, but we believe it's time now for the Premier and the government to put its money where, where its mouth is. Um, we've seen the Daniel Andrews government deliver a really strong social justice budget. Um, they've invested you know, a whopping $2 billion in family violence and domestic violence. Um, that is a, an amazing outcome for the state. But we're saying you have delivered for social justice we think it's time to match that level of commitment to climate change and environment with a similar level of investment. Um, what exactly does a climate change budget look like? It's never been done before. That's the great thing about this campaign. So, you know, it's up to the government to, to present its vision for what a climate budget looks like. It's up to the opposition to present their vision. And what we're doing, um, we're meeting with key stakeholders, you know, from the, the union movement, um, from the social services sector, 
community members and community groups to help vision, you know, what is it, you know, how, how can the state government support all of us to rein in emissions and avoid climate change, um, prevent it from getting worse? And what types of things do we need to see supported to help communities build resilience to the impacts that are now locked in? Yeah, important stuff, important stuff. Um, we've only got about eight minutes left and I want to go through some um, other things going on at Friends of the Earth maybe in a bit. But I know that you've got an info night coming up very soon. Does anyone want to let us know about that? Yeah, we sure do. So um, on Wednesday, September 20, uh, kicking off at 6.30pm down at the Friends of the Earth Cafe and Food Co-op, there will be an Act on Climate um, info night, campaign info night, There'll be a lot of brainstorming about, you know, what does this climate budget look like and how do we start to, to take direct action to, to see it delivered? Um, you know, we don't, we don't think it's going to be a campaign that's going to be won overnight. It is going to take that steady um, commitment of community members. So it's a really great time to get involved um, so that we can build momentum as we head into a, uh, another state election year. Yeah, absolutely. And Lara, I wonder, um, it can be a bit intimidating going to your first kind of uh, meeting or um, event thrown by an activist collective. Uh, Can you give us a little bit of a taste of what you think people experience like in terms of the people who are involved? Well, everyone's really nice and will definitely smile at you and even share a joke with you. And (laughs) I... Yeah, I can definitely relate to that feeling of going into your first like activist or collective meeting and you don't really know anyone, you don't really know what's going to happen. But I think um, Friends of the Earth is a great way to get involved because there's going to be um, some information, some speakers, so you won't be completely thrown in the dark. And there'll be people who've um, done this stuff for years ahead of you and are really eager to share their skills. And I think that's probably like the most important thing to remember is that even though it kind of is intimidating when you're confronted with all these people who apparently know so much more than you. I think that you are going to be able to bring something great to the table because you probably know something that those people don't. And those um, the people who have been campaigning for years are really eager to share their skills. And um, yeah, I think the Info Night is going to be a great way to just kind of connect with a bunch of people who are really passionate about moving forward in a positive way. Great. It sounds really exciting. So that's on September the 20th at um, Friends of the Earth downstairs in the food co-op. Head on there for lunch today. It's going to be delicious, I'm sure. Um, So that's at 6.30pm. And if you want to find all these details, I'm going to make sure that we do a post from the Dirt Radio Facebook page. And also you can always find Friends of the Earth Melbourne events on the Friends of the Earth Melbourne Facebook page. So that's um, facebook.com forward slash faux Melbourne. I want to thank you both for coming into the studio today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having us, Phil. It's always good to come down and talk on Dirt Radio. Yeah, thanks, Phil. Yeah, good one. All right, we're going to listen to a community service announcement, come back, hear about a few other events, and then we'll head on over to the Koori Survival Show. CR has all kinds of music programs for you to hear. From blues to hip-hop, reggae, classical, punk, jazz, soul, indigenous, experimental, indie, metal and other music styles. 
check out 3cr.org.au on the World Wide Web for more info. Thank God I turned the microphone on a few seconds after I was singing along to that one. Love love a little bit of the rock in the morning. So we just heard about the uh, the Act on Climate campaign info night coming up and dinner coming up on the 20th of September at Friends of the Earth at 6.30pm. But also coming up is the Threatened Species Day um, Parliament Convergence. So Friends of the Earth's Forest Collective uh, has risen like a phoenix from the ushers and um, has become a bit of a, uh, a huge, huge collective at uh, Friends of the Earth, bursting with energy and creativity um, to see uh, log end in old growth forests around in Victoria. Um, September 7th marks the day uh, that I think the last Tasmanian tiger died in, uh, in I want to say in custody, and that's not the right word, um, in custody. And um, so uh, that day has been deemed Threatened Species Day um, on September 7th. And the Forest Collective, um, along with uh, Friends of the Earth affiliate members, Gecko, the Goongaroo Environment Centre, are hosting a rally at 5.30pm on the steps of Parliament House. It promises to be a lot of fun, a lot of creativity. Um, You're encouraged to bring placards, banners, signs, costumes, or grab some colourful props that will be supplied for you um, on the day. So make sure you head down and get involved in that one. Um, It has been fantastic to join you again on Dirt Radio. If you're not a subscriber, ring up now, 94198377, and become a subscriber today to keep shows like this on the airways. Um, Coming up next, we have the Koori Survival Show. Um, This has been Dirt Radio. I'm Phil Evans, and I shall see you in a few weeks.